Turn to Jeremiah chapter 29, please. Jeremiah 29, verse 1. Moses discovered that while he was on Mount Sinai for 40 days and 40 nights, the people had begun to sin. And uh, God tells him this on the mountain. He says, the people have sinned and go down and, and, uh, and deal with this. And so Moses goes down. Joshua's saying, hey, I hear noise. Maybe it's a battle. Maybe, uh, maybe something, something good's happening. Or No, Moses says, no, it is sin in the camp. And so he goes down, and uh, long story short, he, he takes care of the golden calf and destroys it. Uh, and then he goes back up to the presence of God to begin to intercede for the people. And he says, Lord, forgive this sin, but if not, blot me out of your book. And God listens to Moses' prayer, and God reveals to him what he's going to do. And at each stage, Moses is responding in prayer. First, he says, I'll go up with you, but I'm not going up with them. Moses says, Lord, you know, if you don't go up, let's not go up from here. And so God speaks to him and guides him, and and Moses responds with prayer. Um. One of the great benefits of listening to God is not only for what God can do for you, but what God can do through you to help other people. And um, the the case of Moses, the same as the case of Jeremiah. God sent both men at a time where the nation needed a revival. And both men heard from God, spoke to the people, And made a difference for the Lord. I'm convinced that this country needs to hear from God's people. That we as God's people need to hear from each other. uh, What God has laid upon our hearts. And we need to be listening to him. Um, Jeremiah here has, has heard about some false prophets. Who are in the exile. And causing trouble. And telling the people, hey look. God's going to judge Babylon. He's going to take us out of here real quick. Uh, don't get comfortable here because God's going to send us back home. And Jeremiah says, no, not so fast. God has said there's going to be 70 years. There'll be 70 years of captivity. At the end of this 70 years, then God will bring you back. And so he's, he's dealing with this problem of this false prophets, and he's, he's providing instruction for the people He's providing guidance. He's providing warning. Um, and, and he's sharing the message of God. But just as in today's world, there's often competing messages. Probably today, more than at any other time in our history, we have competing messages. Um, if you look on the internet and you Google a topic, you'll get every kind of opinion imaginable, some good, some not so good, uh, on, on various issues. But ultimately, God's voice is the one that we need to hear. Uh, Especially God's voice through his word. And so, um, Jeremiah is sharing the message of God. And this message of God can be a blessing to them. Or if they don't listen to it, it can be a, a prediction of where God is going to take them without him. 
so uh, Jeremiah, in listening, it has, has words of life. Uh, just like Moses told them years before, he, said, he says, listen to this word. This is your life. These words are your life. Take them seriously. So also, Jeremiah's received a word that they need to take seriously. Uh, but as Jeremiah receives this word, we see different benefits that we have from hearing from God. We've been talking about listening to God. And the time my message is the benefits of listening to God. We need to listen to God because of these different benefits, but also because he's just worth listening to. He has the words of life. Uh, so look with me at uh, Jeremiah chapter 29 and verse 1. This is the text of the letter that Jeremiah the prophet sent from Jerusalem to the rest of the elders of the exiles, the priests, the prophets, and all the people Nebuchadnezzar had deported from Jerusalem to Babylon. This was after Jeconiah, or Jehoiakim is another name for him, the, the queen mother, the court officials, and the officials of Judah and Jerusalem, the craftsmen, and the metalsmiths had left Jerusalem. The letter was sent by Elasa, the son of Shaphan, and Gemariah, the son of Hilkiah, whom Zedekiah, the king of Judah, had sent to Babylon, to Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon. The letter stated, This is what the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, says to the exiles I deported from Jerusalem to Babylon. Build houses and live in them. Plant gardens and eat their produce. Take wives and have sons and daughters. Take wives for your sons and give your daughters to men in marriage so that they may bear sons and daughters. Uh, multiply there. Do not decrease. Seek the welfare of the city. I have deported you too. Pray to the Lord on its behalf, for when it has prosperity, you will prosper. For this is what the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, says. Don't let your prophets who are among you and your diviners deceive you. And don't listen to the dreams you elicit from them, for they are prophesying falsely to you in my name. I have not sent them. This is the Lord's declaration. For this is what the Lord says, When 70 years for Babylon are complete, I will attend to you, and I will confirm my promise concerning you to restore you to this place. For I know the plans I have for you. This is the Lord's declaration. Plans for your welfare, not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. You will call to me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. I will be found by you. This is the Lord's declaration, and I will restore your fortunes and gather you from all the nations and places where I banished you. This is the Lord's declaration. I will restore you to the place I deported you from. You have said, the Lord has raised up prophets for us in Babylon. But this is what the Lord says concerning the king sitting on David's throne and concerning all the people living in this city. That is, concerning your brothers who did not go with you into exile. This is what the Lord of hosts says. I'm about to send against them sword, famine, and plague and will make them like rotten figs that are inedible because they are so bad. I will pursue them with sword, famine, and plague. I will make them a horror to the kingdoms of the earth, a curse and a desolation an object of scorn and disgrace among the nations where I have banished them. I will do this because they have not listened to my words. This is the Lord's declaration that I sent to them with my servants, the prophets, time and time again. And you too have not listened. This is the Lord's declaration. Hear the word of the Lord, all you exiles I have sent from Jerusalem to Babylon. This is what the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, says to Ahab, son of Kaliah, and to Zedekiah, son of Maasiah. 
The ones prophesying a lie to you in my name. I'm about to hand them over to Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, and he will kill them before your eyes. Based on what happens to them, all the exiles of Judah who are in Babylon will create a curse that says, May the Lord make you like Zedekiah and Ahab, whom the king of Babylon roasted in the fire, because they have committed an outrage in Israel by committing adultery with their neighbors' wives and have spoken a lie in my name, which I did not command them. I am he who knows, and I am a witness. This is the Lord's declaration. To Shemaiah the Nehelamite, you are to say, This is what the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, says. You are in your own name, have sent out letters to all the people of Jerusalem, to the priests Zephaniah, son of Maasiah, and to all the priests, saying, The Lord has appointed you, priest, in place of Jehoiada the priest, to be chief officer of the temple of the Lord, responsible for every madman who acts like a prophet. You must confine him in stocks and an iron collar. So now, why have you not rebuked Jeremiah, son of Anathoth, who has been acting like a prophet among you? For he has sent word to us in Babylon, claiming the exile will be long. Build houses and settle down, plant gardens and eat their produce. Zephaniah the priest read this letter in the hearing of Jeremiah the prophet. Then the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah. Send a message to all the the exiles saying, This is what the Lord says concerning Shelemiah the Nehelamite. Because Shemaiah prophesied to you, though I did not send him, and made you trust a lie, this is what the Lord says. I'm about to punish Shemaiah the Nehelamite and his descendants. There will not even be one of his descendants living among these people, nor will any ever see the good that I will bring to my people. This is the Lord's declaration, for he has preached rebellion against the Lord. The benefits of listening to God. Why should we listen? Well, first of all, when you listen to God, you hear God's instruction. God's instruction. Wouldn't it be great to have God's insight into your life? The instruction of the Lord, the specific instruction of the Lord for your life. This is what he tells us we have when we listen to God. In verses 4, 5, and 6, God gives instruction, and even down to 7, gives instruction to the people of Israel through Jeremiah. Jeremiah hears the word of the Lord, the instruction of the Lord, and shares this instruction with God's people. Um, Look at what he says. Build houses, plant gardens, take wives, multiply there, seek the welfare of the city, Pray to the Lord on its behalf. Uh, and, and so God gives them all of this specific instruction in how to live their lives in the situation they're in. Uh, isn't it a wonderful thing that even when you are in a place of being disciplined by God, God can still reach down and instruct you in the middle of it. And uh, that's where they are. They're in captivity, but God is giving them instruction. He says, look. I have a direction for you to go. It doesn't matter what happens in the United States of America. God will still be there to instruct his people if we listen to him. And he will still have a way for us to go. Uh, I love uh, when Moses was taking the people through the wilderness. The Bible says in Numbers that when the pillar of the cloud would raise up and begin to move, the people would break camp and they would follow. And when the pillar of the cloud would settle down, the people would make camp. 
And so it's a beautiful picture of living in dependence upon the Lord, in dependence upon His Word and what He tells us to do in His Word, of depending on the Holy Spirit as He leads us and guides us in our lives and following that instruction that God gives us. Um, what great instruction He's given in His Word. The Bible says all Scripture is given by inspiration of God is profitable for doctrine, reproof, correction, instruction, and righteousness, that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Every good work. The directions are found in God's word. Isn't that a wonderful thing? It's sufficient. Uh, God also has given his Holy Spirit. Paul heard the Macedonian call. God said, uh, I know you want to go this direction, Paul, but that's not my will for you. I want you to go to Macedonia. And... Um, he went to Macedonia, and we have some great riches in the New Testament because of his ministry in, in Macedonia. God gave him instruction on how to live. That's a wonderful thing about listening to God. You get instruction on how to live. What school did I go to? I remember praying about that. Who do I marry? God gave me direction about that. Um, all of these things. What church do I go to? God gave me direction about that. And so, in each of these areas, how do I, how do I uh, be a father to my kids? How do I be a husband to my wife? Uh, how do I interact with people at work? How do I witness to this lost soul? Each of these things, God is willing to provide instruction um, as we listen to him. So, that's a great benefit of listening to God. Make sure you spend some time listening to the Lord and asking for his direction. God's instruction. Secondly, the second benefit of listening to God is God's discernment. God's discernment. Look at what he says in verses 8 and 9. God gave Jeremiah discernment. This is what the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, says. Don't let your prophets who are among you and your diviners deceive you. Don't listen to the dreams you've elicited from them, for they are prophesying falsely. To you in my name. I have not sent them. This is the Lord's declaration. They are prophesying falsely. I think God gives us discernment if we're willing to listen in two ways. One is, there's probably more than that, even three ways. But um, the, the primary way is through his word. The more that we are in God's word, the more we are equipped to, to notice error. Um, the more we're familiar with what God has said. It's amazing. Um, I, I remember Jehovah's Witnesses coming to my door, and, and they, would, they would quote a verse to me, and they'd try to move on to the next verse, and I'd say, wait a second, hold on. You're taking that verse out of context. And I'd talk to them about the context. Well, it says this over here. Well, wait a second. That's not really what it means, is it? Have you thought about this? And, and, and I saw the context of each of these verses, and uh, they, they would go away, and they'd send somebody else, and they'd go away. And finally, the regional guy came. And the regional guys, same thing. And uh, then I found out that they were telling people I was preaching out of the Jehovah's Witness literature. I said, that is not true. I said... Uh, I'm not doing that. I took that to be polite, and I've not even read it, much less uh, preached from it, but I won't take any more of it. 
And, uh, but, you know, what, a, what, what discernment that we find when we're in God's Word. And God's Word is hidden in our hearts. It, we begin to notice the error that is there. Sometimes, though, God will give us discernment through His Holy Spirit. I remember one time, Sherry and I, when, when I was a, a staff member at a church, we had met together with another church uh, for a joint service. And uh, there was some strange stuff happening in that service. And it wasn't just that it was strange stuff that I wasn't used to because I know that, you know, you can't put God in a box. God is God and we're not and he can do whatever he wants to do. But I could sense an evil presence in that place. And uh, I remember leaning over to Sherry, and this is before we had kids. I just said, do you, you sense that just kind of an evil presence here? And she said, yeah, I do. And so out of respect for my pastor, I didn't leave right away. But as soon as that last prayer, buddy, I bolted out the door. I saturated that place with my absence. I just had a sense that there was something wrong in what was being said and what was being done. There was there's a presence in that place that wasn't right. And um, sometimes I think we get discernment from other people. God uses other people to, to guide us and speak to us. And that was the case with Jeremiah. He shared this with the, with the exiles. Um, but I've had people sometimes say, hey, have you thought about this? Have you thought about this? I don't think this is of God, and here's why. And it's like the light bulb will come on. I didn't even think of that. You know? uh, so I think God sometimes uses the body of Christ that way too. But uh, if we're willing to listen to God, he'll give us his discernment. By the way, I should mention also, the Bible teaches that God gives some people the spiritual gift of discernment. Which means there will be certain people in the body of Christ who see the error more readily than everybody else. Which means we need to have an open ear to listen. Uh, if somebody says, hey, there's something not right about this. We need to take that to the Lord in prayer and pray about what to, deal, to do to deal with the situation. Because uh, God has given us people with the gift of discernment in the body of Christ to protect the church. Uh, so we, we have those open ears to, to listen. And so um, that is a great blessing of, and benefit of listening to God. Do you need discernment at your workplace? What did David do in the Psalms? He would take his problems that he was facing in his kingdom to God and say, Lord, here, I got this problem. I'm dealing with this. I got these enemies out here. They want to kill me. Um, I, I've got this, this hard situation. Uh, Lord, I, I, you know, I've struggled with this problem and I feel like I'm in a miry pit or whatever it is. And, and he would take these problems to God on a consistent basis and ask God to intervene. But also, uh, he would seek God's insight. In one place he says, uh, Lord, because your testimonies are my meditation, I have more knowledge than all my instructors. Um, so he found discernment for his kingdom in God's word. So take it, family issues, anything, uh, take those things to God and ask God for discernment. Have you ever known you, you felt like there was a problem and you weren't really that sure what to do about it? I, I've had that happen a lot to me. 
Uh, one great thing to do is just take it to the Lord in prayer. Say, Lord, what should I do about this? Because um, God knows all the ins and outs of the situation. And then follow that, that uh, guidance that God gives you. So, uh, benefits of listening to God. God's instruction, God's discernment. Thirdly, God's encouragement. These words are, are quoted quite a bit, uh, not the whole context of them. Um, you don't usually hear the part about them burning the two false prophets, do you? <laughs> when people quote Jeremiah 29, 11. But, um, but this is a, an important part of what Jeremiah is sharing. Yes, God was disciplining them, but God had a plan and he had a purpose for them. Aren't you glad when you blow it that God has a plan? <laughs> Praise God. I, I tell you what, I've blown it and I know you've blown it. The Bible says if a man says he's without sin, he's a liar. The truth isn't in him. And so, uh, praise God, there is hope for us when we fail. Uh, God, because they were listening, because, or because Jeremiah's listening, Jeremiah hears God's plan for the future. He says there will be 70 years of captivity, but here's my promise. I'll restore you, verse 10. He says, I have plans in verse 11 for your welfare, not disaster, to give you a future and a hope. Verse 12, you'll call to me, come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. We talked about that this morning. I will be found by you. Isn't that a great thing? The heart of God. They're in, they're in sin. They're in rebellion against God. And God says, I want to be found by you. I will be found by you. Uh, you ever watch one of those love stories and they fight? You know, my, Sherry's taught me a lot about these love stories. Uh, they fight at some point in the love story. It, it's in every love story. And, uh, and you know, they, they won't speak to each other. You know, maybe they spend a few days apart. But finally they will, will come back together at the end, right? And they'll put, let bygones be bygones and they'll smooch and the music starts to play and the credits start to, to run and, and, and it's over. God is saying, look, when you come back to me, I will be readily found by you. I just want you to know my heart toward you. I remember one time uh, I had uh, disciplined, disciplined Megan when she was little and uh, I was kind of out of sorts. You, you ever have one of those days, you're just kind of out of sorts, and I was kind of in a bad mood. And, I'd, uh, and I was sitting in my, in my recliner, right? And she walks up to me like this. She says, Daddy, can I sit in your lap? I just melted. Sure, baby, come on up here. <laughs> And uh, she crawled up and sat beside me in the little crook uh, of, of my recliner. I've widened and, and she's grown since then. It doesn't happen now. But, uh, but that's God's heart toward us. When we come to him, he's ready. He's eager. He says, I will restore your fortunes and gather you from the nations where I banished you. I will restore you to the place I deported you from. So when you're listening to God, you hear God's encouragement. Uh, what encouragement we must miss when we fail to spend time with God in a daily quiet time. We fail to come 
I know you're a Sunday night crowd, but you fail to come to church. All these things. There's so many things God has for us, but we fail to hear when we don't listen. Jeremiah heard God's encouragement and was able to share it with others. By the way, you want to be a good disciple of other people? One way is to listen to God yourself. Then you'll have something to share with somebody else. Guess what God showed me in my quiet time today? Let me share it with you. I had a good friend. He would write everything out. I do some of that. I'm not real good at that. But he would write it all out. And then he would read it to the pastors when we got together for prayer. This is what God showed me. Boy, half the time it was a message for me. You know, Boy, I needed that. Thank you for sharing that. Uh, so you will be an instrument that God can use. It will be a blessing to you. It will be a blessing to your family. It will be a blessing to your friends that you're able to share with God's encouragement as you listen to him. So, uh, benefits of listening to him. First of all, God's instruction. Secondly, God's discernment. Thirdly, God's encouragement. Fourthly, God's warnings. God's warnings. I'm glad for a warning when I see the the message bridge out. (laughs) Right? Um, If there's not an appropriate warning, it can cause you trouble. I found that out when uh, somebody didn't drive the measuring stick for the water all the way down into the ground, and it showed there was a few inches when actually there was a few feet of water. caused me some trouble. I drove down into the water, uh, which is another story I won't go into. But, but uh, warnings are important. When Balaam was, was on his way to prophesy for Balak, the donkey gave him a warning from God. The first one was he stopped. The second one was he talked. And then he sees the angel standing there with a sword. That's a pretty strong warning. He said, well, Lord, I'll go back and we'll go on, but you've got to say exactly what I tell you to say. Balaam's life was saved through the warning of God. What about God's warnings in the book of Revelation? God told the church at Ephesus, you've left your first love. If, if you don't repent, I'm going to take away your candlestick. I'm going to kill your church. Uh, what about uh, his warning to the other church where he says, look, you've got those committing spiritual adultery with the doctrines of the Nicolaitans. Uh, deal with this. Be earnest and repent. All of these are warnings from God. What about the warnings to lost people? You stay lost, and the time of God's judgment comes, you're in serious trouble. You better get saved while you can. I tell you what, I want to hear that warning if I'm lost, because I want to avoid uh, the judgment of God. God's warnings are a great blessing. So he gives warnings to the prophets who are, who are in the exile. I'm sorry, this warning is, uh, he does give those warnings later on. But uh, this warning is actually about the people in Jerusalem. And he's telling the exiles about this warning to the people in Jerusalem because if anybody was considered to have been God's favorites in the situation that God would bless, it would be the people that hadn't been deported, right? That's what you would naturally think. But actually God says, no, they're they're going to the sword, famine, and plague. I'm going to make them like a bunch of rotten figs nobody wants. They're going to go into exile just like you've gone into exile. Don't put your hope in them. 
you listen to my words. Look at what he says in verse 18. I will make them a horror to all the kingdoms of the earth, a curse and a desolation, an object of scorn and disgrace. Among all the nations where I have banished them, I will do this because they have not listened to my words. This is the Lord's declaration that I sent to them with my servants the prophets time and again. And you too have not listened. So here's a double warning. He, he tells them, I, I'm warning you. I'm warning them as I talk to you about them. And I'm giving this warning to them as well. But I'm also warning you because they've not listened to me, but neither have you. And so there's a double warning. By the way, whenever a declaration of judgment is given in God's word, it's always to provoke repentance. One of my professors explained it this way. You said to your kid, I'm going to smack you. What are you trying to do? You're trying to get them to respond so that you don't have to discipline. And so the same thing is true with God. Whenever he pronounces judgment, it's part of his character as far as being just and righteous and good. He has to punish sin. But it's also a call to repentance. It's the mercy of God. When you read through the book of Revelation and you see all the judgments that are given, you know, seven seals, seven trumpets, and seven bowls, and you're thinking, wow, what, what an uh, amazing judgment, you know, how sobering this is. And every one of these judgments are meant to call people back to God. And it shows just how rebellious people, people are because they don't repent. Many of them don't repent. But God's warnings are a great blessing if you listen to them. And uh, it's a great blessing of listening to God. I have been warned in my quiet time before. I've read across the scripture and thought, wow. Okay, Lord, I confess that to you. (laughs) I have sinned. Uh, Please change my heart. I have been warned in messages before. And I've had to confess that sin to God and, and, and ask God to change my heart. I have been warned through friends who I believe were speaking for the Lord. I, I remember coming in one, one time to, to pray with the preachers in, uh, in Texas. And I said, boy, I have a bad attitude today. And, and my, my friend said, yeah, you do. <laughs> He kind of, you know, he said it with a grin on his face, but, but the message is received, you know, yeah. And so, um, you know, sometimes you just, you need to listen to, to what people are telling you. You need to listen to the warnings of God because God can, can help save you a lot of pain and grief in your life through his warnings. Um, the benefits of listening to God, finally, God's knowledge, God's knowledge. In, uh, in verse 22, he begins to describe what's going to happen to Zedekiah, son of Maasai. This isn't King Zedekiah, this is Prophet Zedekiah. Uh, and also Ahab, son of Kaliah, who are prophesying in the uh, exile. And he says, based on what happens to them, verse 22, all the exiles of Judah who are in Babylon will create a curse... It says, may the Lord make you like Zedekiah and Ahab, whom the king of Babylon roasted in the fire. Talk about a warning. 
because they have committed an outrage in Israel by committing adultery with their neighbor's wives. Imagine that. People who are supposed to be men of God living adulterous, wicked lifestyles. Nothing much has changed in 2,000, 3,000 years here. Um, He says, they've spoken a lie in my name, which I did not command them. I am he who knows, and I am a witness. God knows every sin that's committed. God knows every thing that takes place behind closed doors. He knows every wicked thought. He knows every evil word. He knows every wrong attitude. I am he who knows. God knew about Zedekiah and Ahab. Jeremiah didn't know. Jeremiah's living in Jerusalem. They're living in the captivity. But God reveals his knowledge to Jeremiah so that Jeremiah can deliver a message to them. Again, to call them to repentance. God's knowledge. Why would God give knowledge of sin? God gave Jeremiah knowledge of sin so that he could be part of the solution. God didn't give Jeremiah knowledge so that he could start the Baptist hotline and call person to person telling them what Zedekiah and Ahab had done. It wasn't for gossip. God gave him knowledge so that he could, first of all, confront them. Probably also pray for them. Um, You know, if you have knowledge of something that's wrong, take that as something from God. Sometimes God may even lead you in your quiet time to pray for somebody. Maybe you don't know of any specific information, but just lead you to pray a prayer for someone. And you keep that confidential between you and God, and you just pray to that person. I mean, pray, pray to God about that person. And, um, and God uses you to be a part of the solution. So, uh, God's knowledge is, is a benefit of listening to God. Now, in this case, it was the knowledge of sin. In some cases, it might be a knowledge of what to do. God gave Moses knowledge of what to do, didn't he? I want you to go here. I want you to go here. Uh, you follow the cloud. <laughs> and, uh, but then also, I want you to tell the people this. This is how they live the godly life. This is what I, my plans are. I'm going to lead them into the promised land. God laid the future plan into the lap of Moses because Moses was willing to listen to him. So God gave him a knowledge that he could use in his, in his kingdom. Uh, Sometimes God may give you knowledge in, in, in conjunction with something you're doing in service for him. But all these things are, are ways that God will speak to us. Uh, have you ever had somebody tell you something you didn't know? I remember um, <clears throat> working on a car one time and I couldn't get something off. Because I didn't know that there was a special key that you had to have before it would come off. It didn't work like my last car. Guess what? All of them are different. <laughs> I think that's the way they make money. But uh, 
Somebody said, well, oh, you've got to have this special tool. Guess what? I used a special tool. came right off. I just needed to know something in addition so that I could do it. God can give you knowledge. And as you're saying, hey, God, give me wisdom. Give me wisdom. In James, it says, any man that needs wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all men liberally and abradeth not, and it will be given to him. Let him ask in faith. And so uh, ask God for, for the knowledge, the wisdom that you need to do what he's called you to do. All these things are benefits of listening to God. So, God's instruction, God's discernment, God's encouragement, God's warnings, God's knowledge. All of these things. And as you listen to God, you can be, you can line up with his agenda. Sometimes I've got, have you ever had trouble with yourself wanting to slip back into your own agenda? Okay, God, I think you're leaving. Okay, I want to go here. And you just kind of, you keep trying to go over. It's like, you know, trying to keep a toddler from touching something you told them not to touch. No. You know, get between you, you know. And you're trying to, they're trying to go around you, right? Um, you, God can give you knowledge. We got, when you listen to God, he can get you in line with his agenda. And ultimately... I want to be on his agenda because that's where true difference is made when we're cooperating with him. If you've got a sailboat, you want to have that sail grab the wind, right? If you've not got it pointing in the right direction, it's not going to catch the wind in the way that it needs to catch it. Uh, and so uh, put that sail up in the direction that God wants it to go so that you can be in line with his purpose and listen to him. What if a word of encouragement that you share with somebody else gave them the strength to keep going in their walk with God? What if a word of warning that you gave someone kept them from going down the wrong path? What if a word of discernment kept somebody from making a huge mistake? As you listen to God, you can become an instrument that God can use to help speak into the lives of other people and make a difference. Let's listen to him. Listen to his word. It's sufficient. Listen to his spirit. Listen to his people. And together, we can do the work of God. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your great word and and for its message to our lives. Thank you for the benefits that come from listening to you.